When I was a kid growing up in Jersey, uh, anybody who was a hoot or really funny or something, uh, we'd call him a riot. Ladies and gents, uh, this guy's a riot in more ways than one. Bob Dylan. Thin man looking at his last meal. Hollow man looking in a cotton field for dignity. Wise man looking in a blade of grass. Young man looking in the shadows that pass. Poor man looking through painted glass for dignity. Somebody got murdered on New Year's Eve. Somebody said dignity was the first to leave. I went into the city, went into the town, went to the land of the midnight sun. Searching high, searching low, searching everywhere I know. Asking the cops wherever I go, have you seen dignity? This is Pod Dylan, the show that celebrates the work of Bob Dylan, one song at a time, proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm your host, the Freewheeling Rob Kelly, and joining us this week is fellow Bobcat, Jeff Liggett. Hi, Jeff. Welcome to the show. Hey, Rob. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. I am really excited for this one. I mean, I'm excited for every episode, but I'm, I'm like extra excited because, you know, to peek behind the curtain a little bit of how I do the show, I, I let the guests sort of drive what songs we talk about because I figure... Everybody hears me every week. They're sick of me at this point. It's really the guests that are bringing the variety to the show. So I let whatever guest, you know, I ask each guest, what songs do you want to talk about? Then I pick one and go from there. So, you know, you reached out to me and you sent me this list. And on your list was Dignity. And as far as I can recall, not a single person before you (laughs) has mentioned this song. And I love this song. I put this on my top 20 favorite Dylan songs. And it was one of those where I was like, if nobody mentions this soon, I might have to do one of my solo shows about it. And I don't want to do a solo show about it. I want to have a guest to talk about it. And then so when you mentioned it, it was at the top of your list, I, I scanned through the rest of the list, but I pretty much just immediately hit reply. It was like, yeah, that's it, Dignity. We're doing Dignity. So That's, uh, that's wild to think that. Because, yeah, I was thinking yesterday, where would I put this? And uh, I, I landed on top 20. I might even go higher. But that's 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 amazing to me that not that many people have uh, selected that. Yeah. right. Oh, love it. man. I, love it. I just love this song. And we'll get into the history of it and everything about it. But before that, of course, Jeff, you're new to the show. So I have to ask you, like, what's your secret origin when it comes to the, the work of Bob Dylan? Yeah, so I'll, I'll give you a little bit of history. First of all, I'll say that it's it's surreal and awesome to be on the show, given that I probably have only known about it. I hope this is a take this as a compliment for probably two months. I've been a <laughs> podcast, I've been a podcast listener to all kinds of podcasts for years, but for some and I love listening, you know, reading about music, reading about Bob Dylan. But for some reason, it, it wasn't until like two months ago that I said, I wonder if there's any Bob Dylan podcast out there. <laughs> and, uh, and then I did a search, and then I found you, and have been plowing my way through the back catalog uh, s- since then. Um, so anyway, that, so I'm just excited to be here. Um, I get a little bit of history, and then I, I thought of a couple things that I thought you might or the audience may, may find interesting. We'll see um, about kind of my experience with Bob over the years. So I think, you know, I was a classic rock fan. I was born in 71, so kind of followed your, your standard classic rock uh, route, which, you know, for I think for a lot of classic rock fans, and me definitely, sort of begins and ends with uh, Greatest Hits Volume 1 for mm-hmm. Bob Dylan. I remember in the 80s, you know, when I was heavy into, you know, Zeppelin, The Who, all that stuff, that was about it. And, you know, I liked, you know, I liked like Rolling Stone. I liked, you know, Rainy Day Women, all that. But that was pretty much all I knew and all I really thought about. And then I remember, I was thinking about this the other day, I remember reading a review when Oh Mercy came out, so I would have been 18, and how it was a, you know... A, they characterize it as kind of a return to form. Sure, sure. And I was like, well, what What does that even mean? Like, was he, has he had a bunch of albums since since, <laughs> the, since the 60s? So I, and, and, and uh, yeah, which, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, a long time ago. So I bought it, and I loved it almost immediately. And, I, and probably one of the main reasons I loved it is because it was, I was like, wow, this is so different than that stuff, right? Just mm-hmm. the whole Daniel Lenoir production. Um, the types of things he was singing about, everything about it felt super different um, than than the stuff on that first one. So from there, I was kind of off and running. It was sometime probably a year, within a year of that, that I think, or year two, that the bootleg series, the volume one through three came out um, and really got into that. And then, you know, just sort of started working my way through as as anybody who gets deeper into it, right, with, with uh, Blood on the Tracks. Sure. 
you know, Desire, some of the other 60s albums. Um, and then uh, uh, just a couple of thoughts I'll throw in if you want to hear. Not really about my Bob history, but that popped in my head. I remember maybe what sealed the deal for me was I was at Bill Clinton's inauguration. I grew up outside of Washington, D.C., and I was at his inauguration, and Bob Weir of the Grateful Dead was playing there. And like an acoustic set. And he did a bunch of songs, including When I Paint My Masterpiece. And I remember oh, thinking, wow. yeah. I remember I was like, man, that's an awesome song. I've never heard that song before. And then I have no idea how I did the research because this is pre-internet. But then I found out that that was a Bob Dylan song. Yep. yep. <laughs> like, holy moly, man. Uh, so yeah, that, that kind of sealed, uh, sealed, sealed the, sealed the deal for me, um, as a, as a Bob fan and was kind of off and running from there. Have, have you seen Bob live? I mean, you, you, cause Bob played at the Clinton inauguration as well. So, um, yeah, this was at, I, you know, God, I don't, I don't, I don't know if, if I even knew that this was like at a tent of, I was a you know, college kid. It was like, it was like a free show on, on the mall. And oh, okay. Okay. It might've been a different version of this. Because Bob, Bob played, uh, Chimes of Freedom at the Bill Clinton inauguration. Okay, really? Oh man, that's oh, okay. That's wild. I'll have to check that out. Um, so I have seen Bob. So I'll, I'll say two times and then one that I, I sort of regret, but I'll, I'll tell you why I don't totally regret it. So, um, I saw him once in Worcester, Mass. I lived in Boston for a long time. I saw him once in, in Worcester, Mass. Um, I saw him once. He was touring with Paul Simon. All right, he, right. And I brought my, I, I forget if we were married then, my wife to that. And I remember her thinking, she's like, the Paul Simon part was great. The Bob Dylan, I never I never have to go to a, a Bob Dylan concert again. <laughs> That's the one where we split. And then one time I was living in London and I actually, um, I forget if I bought front row seats or got my way up, but he, it was when he was touring with Van Morrison, but that was right when he went through his health scare. And this was probably what, so what was that, the summer of 1997. And so he had to cancel, but I went anyway. And so replacing him on the on the bill was Shane McGowan and the Pogues, which I'd never really heard the Pogues before. So that's interesting. Front row for the front row for the Pogues was awesome, but I, I regretted not, uh, not 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 seeing Bob that time. <laughs> so not a, not a ton. I'll be I'll be honest. The Worcester show and even the Boston show. I've not like it. Sort of was like I'm like I think that's that's enough for me seeing Bob live. I heard you say on a show a couple. I forget when it was. I listened to it. Just being in the same room with Bob is awesome. And on that, totally agree. But mm -hmm. I think I just found the reworking of the versions was so you know kind of hard to figure out what song he was playing. It just <laughs> it, it was. Like I, I and I'm sure that's a, maybe a controversial point of view, at least for fans of this show. But for me, I was like, you know what? I think I'm, I think I'm good just listening to the albums and maybe listening to older, um, you know, older live tapes. So, so that's it. I'll, pr I'll probably try and squeeze in one more, uh, or, you know, at some point along the way. But all that's right. that's it. I've seen him twice. Fair that's enough. All. It's it's funny yeah. you mentioned about seeing him live because it, it reminds me of the thing I just mentioned that Bob Dylan played at Bill Clinton's inauguration because the thing I remember from that was he, he did Chimes of Freedom which is of course an incredibly wordy song and right. it's a very garbled version it's very hard to understand him unless you know the song and famously they had a woman on stage doing sign language uh, translations for, for people in the crowd that of course who were hard of hearing and famously the woman could not figure out what the hell he was saying so they said she just she just signed music lyrics music lyrics the song. so, that's, that's, so uh, she, yeah, she yeah, felt your a, pain Jeff she felt your that's pain a, that's, a, that's a tough it's a tough gig now interesting I'm sure we'll get into the at some point the MTP unplugged version of this song yes, but it, yes. like that I would have loved a bit of that show we can talk about oh yeah well wow. oh geez so yeah, uh, yeah, we're here to talk about uh, Dignity, which uh, you talk about Oh Mercy. This is an outtake from Oh Mercy. It was worked on uh, under the aegis of uh, Daniel Lenoir, and it was one of those songs that uh, Dylan uh, clearly really wanted to try and get on the album as best he could because there are at least two to three complete versions of this song. There's a piano demo, which was released on the Bootleg series, Volume 8, Telltale Signs, and that's sort of the original sort of you know, tinkling version of it, just Bob and the piano. But right. then there were multiple versions of this song attempted, none of which apparently were to uh, Dylan's satisfaction. So he left it off. But then when it came time to release uh, the greatest hits volume three in 1994, he had not had a greatest hits collection in almost 
30 years to that point, which is staggering because there was right. Greatest Hits in 67 and then Greatest Hits Volume 2 in 71, and then you had Greatest Hits in 94. I guess you know somebody decided, well, this needed a little bit of a commercial uh, goosing, so they right. added a they added a new song, and that was Dignity. Except this time, this version was Bob's vocal completely. Uh, all the other stuff was sort of wiped out, and it was uh, produced by Brendan O'Brien, who was working on with Dylan on the MTV Unplugged uh, session uh, album. And so that's the version that exists. That's the one that was for the many years the official version. Yeah. And I remember at the time when this was out, 1994, I was driving around in, in, in a there, I mean, a, a good friend of mine that we're, we were sharing an apartment. He was telling me, hey, I heard this new Bob Dylan song on the radio. And I'm like, what you, new Bob Dylan song? What are you talking about? There's no, there's no album. What's, you know? And I was convinced that he was misunderstanding something. I was like, ah, come on. Then we were in the car one day and we heard that that initial, you know, the 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 snare, the, the drum kick in, and the and he goes, "Oh no, this is it, this is it," and I was like, "Oh, okay, what's this?" And this thing hit me like a bolt of lightning, uh, because I was it sounded unlike anything I had heard Dylan do before. It had such energy to it, and it was the lyrics were so absolutely compelling, and this thing lodged itself in my brain. At that moment, and it's pretty much stayed there. I have yeah. always loved this song. I just think it is one of his greatest compositions. And again, another one of those things where how the hell did he leave this off? The right? <laughs> Even though the version that's on Greatest Hits would not have been the version that would have appeared on No Mercy. Nevertheless, to me, this song is such a masterpiece. It's just so frustrating that Dylan chose to, to leave it behind. I've heard uh, I've heard you talk uh, many times on the show about well the two that come to mind that I remember as soon as you said it that I totally agreed with was um, leaving Blind Willard McTell off of Infidel yeah, and, uh, and leaving Angeline off of Shot of Love and yep. this is you know it's a weird thing because this song like the versions that were recorded even the one that you know sounds closest to this version the original like it doesn't feel like it would fit all that well on uh on oh mercy just right. sort of uh but but you know and again I'm, I'm, I'm quoting you a ton here but um you know i know i know your thought is you put the best songs on and that's and that's <laughs> that's the album but you do think about as amazing as that album was you know was it received in the same way that maybe like time out of mind or modern times was maybe not but if, if you put this on and series of dreams on oh. on I mean, you've got you've got one of that has to be you know a top five album ever for yep. him. Yep. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah, weird, weird. <laughs> Yet another in the sort of weird how it ended up uh, not on there. I don't yeah. Know. I mean, I I can imagine that uh, when they decided you know let's try and dig through a, an older song and and freshen it up and put it on the greatest hits. This thing must have jumped out because again, it's so amazing. I quoted the initial part of the lyrics uh, at the top of the show, but after after the the sequence where the 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 our narrator uh, visits the cops. Uh, he goes on. He says, blind men breaking out of a trance, puts, puts both his hands in the pockets of chance, hoping to find one circumstance of dignity. I went to the wedding of Mary Lou. She said, I don't see nobody see me talking to you. She said she could get killed if she told me what she knew about dignity. I went down with a vulture's feed. I would have gone down deeper, but there wasn't any need. Heard the tongues of angels and the tongues of men. There wasn't any difference to me. Chilly wind sharp as a razor blade, house on fire, debts unpaid, going to stand at the window, going to ask the maid, have you seen dignity? I, I just love the idea that this simple, this simple concept of a guy looking for dignity, and is dignity a concept? Is it a person? What is it exactly? But the guy is searching, as he says, high and low. It, it's for what could have, I imagine, be get pretty repetitive pretty quickly – I find never gets repetitive. There's the way that Dylan finds new avenues to consider this idea of like, he's talking to this woman, Mary Lou, and she says, I could tell you about dignity, but I could get killed if I do. It, it has such mystery behind it. And to me, I've never quite figured out exactly what's going on in the song or what any of it really means. But the idea of a guy's desperate search for some shred of dignity, which I don't know, I feel like we're in short supply in nowadays it, to me, is just so amazingly compelling, and the and the the short rhyme schemes 
I find, again, really fun to listen to. I mean, it's just the Mary Lou talking to you, what she knew, and then the vultures feed as in any need, tongues of like just the way he works out the rhymes is just to me, it's just such a great, it's just like catchy. And Dylan's songs aren't necessarily known for their catchiness or their hit making potential, but I, I don't know. I just, I never get tired of listening to this thing. Yeah, it, it's funny you said catchy, and then earlier I forget how you said it, vi- like vibrancy or something. But I, I, I was jotting down some notes yesterday, and what I wrote down is it feels unique in that it's maybe not lyrically, but it's like a happier song than a lot of his songs are. I'm not sure that's the right word, but you're <laughs> right. It's got a hook, it's got a swing, it's got something that even on most of his greatest songs that that you don't. Uh, that that you don't at least catch catch on to at least uh, initially. You know, it's interesting. I'm not. I'll be. I'll be honest. This is. I, I. I wanted to get your take on this. Like, I'm not. Despite being a huge Bob Dylan fan, and when you know you talk to most people, they're like, "Well, okay, the guy can't really sing, but he writes great lyrics." I'll be honest. I've never been a big lyrics guy. That's huh. not. And and so to, to for me to really like when I tell people that I'm like, look, I love Bob Dylan, but I love the music. I just love. The lyrics are a piece of it, but but I, I'm not a big, uh, let's say, a close reader, I suppose, of, of lyrics. But but that being said, and I'm with you where this song I've always loved, but never like I'm like I'm not totally I don't totally know what he's talking about here. But I there's so many awesome phrases that that jump out and sort of, uh, you know, sort of paint paint a paint a collage. I was I was doing a little digging and I typed in one of the lines that I've always loved was. The heard the tongues of angels and the tongues of men wasn't any difference to me. I just sort of love the if that's comment on religion or something, whatever it was, I sort of was intrigued by that. And then when I did a search on that, it, that at least has some uh, tie into uh, it's a phrase you may may do this already from uh, Corinthians. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. So hmm. it. This kind of shows, and it says a, that's a possible reference to Jewish practices of angelic, angelic tongues. So, again, I'm not totally sure what it means, but it does mean, you know, he's sort of the Bob, I guess, uh, style of, uh, you know, doing a ton of reading and pulling from a bunch of different sources and, and sticking it, you know, stick, sticking them into a song in, a, in an interesting way. So, yeah, really cool. That's interesting. Yeah, I did not know that part. I mean, he mentions there's another piece of of Hebrew tradition in the very next verse where he says, drinking man listens to a voice he hears in a crowded room full of covered up mirrors looking Uh, into the lost forgotten years for dignity. And of course, covering up mirrors is a tradition for Jewish funerals because the idea is you shouldn't be worried about your vanity on a day that you are, uh, you know, putting someone to rest. So that, that line I've always, I don't know, just sort of always known that as a tradition. So that line always jumps out at me in a crowded room full of covered up mirrors. And as I, as you go through the rest of the song, you know, you could sort of see some level of a story emerging again, it's very loose, but it's a guy looking and, and questioning all the various aspects of society looking for dignity. I mean, in this song alone, he visits the police, he goes to a church he goes to a wedding. He goes to a funeral. He looks through great books. He goes to a party. He talks to members of the royalty. He even consults a doctor. I mean, mm. all of these ideas of, of groups or social settings or authority figures, and none of them can give him the answer that he's looking for. And that right. it's something, is, again, as it rolls on, and it, he meets royalty again in the next verse. He says, met Prince Philip at the home of the blues, which is, I have to wonder what Prince Philip thought if he heard, like he's mentioned <laughs> in a Bob Dylan song. He's a real guy. Um, <laughs> said he'd give me information if his name wasn't used. He wanted money up front. Said he was abused by dignity. Footprints running across the silver sand. Steps going down into a tattooed land. I met the sons of darkness and the sons of light in the border towns of despair. Got no place to fade. Got no coat. I'm in a rolling river in a jerking boat trying to read a rote note somebody wrote about dignity. Sick man looking for the doctor's cure, looking at his hands for the lines that were, and into every masterpiece of literature for dignity. Englishman stranded in a black heart wind, combing his hair back, his future looks thin, bites the bullet, and he looks within for dignity. Someone showed me a picture and I just laughed. Dignity never been photographed. I went into the red, went into the black, into the valley of dry bone dreams. So many roads, so much at stake, so many dead ends. I'm at the edge of the lake. Sometimes I wonder what it's going to take to find dignity. And then there the song ends, and it ends, the again, the, the Greatest Hits version ends with this sort of uh, 
great guitar solo, which Darby, to me sounds yeah. like the ride of the Valkyries. Like it's like this, you know, I feel like the clouds are opening up and like, you know, these winged, you know, Viking women are coming down. It just has this epic scoop to it. And, you know, it's that version is atypical of Dylan songs in that he, of course, is not involved with the band. I mean, he likes right. to record live and have the band with him. This is a band coming in completely after the fact, in fact, years after the fact, and coming in behind Dylan. And I don't know if I'd want to hear a whole album of that because I like Dylan's interaction with the band. I feel like that's an essential part of his art. But for this kind of one-off thing, I I really like it. I mean, to me, it It works really well. Yeah, it really worked. Um, Yeah, agree. A few things that jumped out in the parts that you read there – uh, I found a kind of cool article. I'm trying, I'll probably mispronounce the name. Some it's a, it looks like it's a, maybe a German name, Keys de Graf. But he listed all of the the men. It's kind of what you were describing in terms of he listed all the different men that Dylan uh, or the narrator you know talks to. It's a fat man, a thin man, a hollow man, a wise man, a young man, a poor man, a blind man, a drinking man, a sick man, and an English man. Um, all in his uh, in his search uh, search for dignity there. Um, and then. Uh, I love, uh, just going back to what you said about the rhyming there, I love when he does that. It reminded me a little bit, he does it a lot in Visions of Johanna, I'm sure a ton of other places, but the the coat, the boat, note, and rote. Oh, it's uh, amazing. That whole turn is so good. Um, And then the ending there, uh, you know, my own, I guess, personal interpretation is I'm drawing a through line. I guess it's, it's a long through line. If you think about it, he probably wrote this in 89 between this and not dark yet but when he says too many dead ends and i'm at the edge of the lake i start thinking about you know thinking about mortality right mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm at the edge of the lake and obviously yeah when i think of not dark yet i think his great song is exploring that many years later um just a great great way to end end that song those last uh those last couple lyrics there yeah i mean sure. the, the, he has not he has not succeeded in his quest he has not found dignity uh and right. it's in right and and another thing that that hits on that Dylan hits on in a lot of his songs is the idea of finding personal redemption and redemption within oneself. I mean, almost the the useless gesture of, find, of trying to find it in 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 another place. I mean, in the the third to last verse when he says the talk about um, Englishman stranded in a black hard wind, combing his hair back, his future looks thin. He bites the bullet and he looks within for dignity. And it's like you're biting, you're combing your hair back, and you're biting. You're biting your bullet. You're biting the bullet. It's like you're getting ready. You're 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 gearing up, and he looks within, and that's something I think Dylan has returned to in many of his songs. Is that you're not going to find redemption or whatever it is you're looking for in someone else, and you're not going to find it maybe in a church or at a wedding or at a funeral, in a great book or in a party or what. You're going to find it within. That's what you're. Everything you need is within you, and there, I'm. That's always my favorite verse in yes. the whole song is the looks within. There's the, just something the last, about that that just I the, find very compelling. The last place you, you ever, yeah, you ever want to, you ever want to look. Um, yeah, the whole song is filled with. I mean, the more and more I sort of dug around online, I, I don't want to, you know, paint myself as, a, as someone who spent, you know, weeks and months on this, but in, in in looking, there's so many phrases to unpack here. I mean, you, you, it sounds like you picked up on it better than me. I, I probably sung that line, "Poor man looking through painted glass." I probably sung that line you know, thousands of times, but never in my mind did I think, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a man at a church. Right, I'm right. Church looking in. Um, you know, steps going down into tattoo land. I always I always love that line for some reason, I, but I had no idea what tattoo land. I still don't know what that line means. No, not right? me, me neither. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just, a, uh, just a, a very densely packed song and kind of this cool... Uh, package of a of a driving rock driving rock song and i, I you know you kind of mentioned this at the top I'm, I'm sort of coming up out of the lyrics for a second if that's okay but you oh, know yeah. one thing you know when you said mentioned it here and on the radio i think thinking back on it one of the reasons i love this song is because it's sort of in, in the mtv unplugged version did this as well it's sort of i was like this guy is still a, a vibrant artist he's mm-hmm. not a nostalgia act he's not a hits act i mean obviously when when Time Out of Mind came out, that proved itself in, in space. But at, at this point, you know, I guess where I was coming from as a fan, I was still mostly looking back at his catalog with the exception of Oh Mercy. And, and to have sort of something new 
out there that that was really resonating in, in the culture, at least a piece of the culture. It felt it, I don't know. It felt good. It, it felt it, it sort of changed my thought on who he was and, and how I thought of his uh, his music um, going forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, other than the length of this song, which is it's something like about five minutes and change. Other than that, I mean, I, I don't know what other kind of thing you would want to have Dylan be a sort of a radio act, you know what right. I mean? It's like, right. th- th- this is, this has got everything you want. It's got the Dylan interplot. It's got the great lyrics. It's got the driving beat. I mean, it's, it, it's, it, to me, this is, it's a hit song. It sounds like right. a hit song. Uh, right. I mean, you know, you, I, I, I'm sure Columbia's executives were listening to Oh Mercy and they're going, oh, disease of conceit. What are we going to do with this? You know, what are we going to do with shooting star? But I mean, dignity, this thing is bum, 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 I mean, good right. Lord. It, it, you know, it tracks exactly like with your heartbeats. It's like this thing, if you, if you're desperate to make Bob Dylan a, a hits act again, 40 years into it, 30 years into his career, I don't know what else you want than, than this. I mean, this yeah. this is everything you could possibly ask for, but you know, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't fail to understand the the the, the uh, record industry, of course. Now, I mentioned um, this. There are other versions of this. There is um, there's another whole version that was released on the the bootleg series again, aside from the piano demo. And I will say, when I first heard it, I just sort of was like, okay, that's an interesting alternate take but i sort of forgot about it because to me the the brendan o'brien produced one the one of grace it's is the one but right. over time i have really gotten to like this all this alternative version partly because of the lyrics the lyrics are uh almost half entirely different which again right. dylan is just remarkable that he can roll these phrases out of his brain and then just toss them aside as you know for a lot of other people this would be like a career making song Right. You, know, you came up with something for him. He's like, nah, whatever. And the it's an entirely different backing track. It's a, it's a, I think Daniel Lin, Linois is playing on this version. I think he's playing something like a dobo dobro guitar. I believe it's referred to. I think Clinton Halen in his book, The Recording Sessions, mentioned it. And in the the alternate version has this kind of loping sort of yeah. sound to it. It's much calmer. It's much more upbeat, sort of. It's less. Um, it doesn't have that sort of, again, that Ride of the Valkyries kind of thing to it. But over time, I've really gotten to like this other version. How about you? Yeah, same, same. It's it, it, Like you said, it has a totally different feel to it. I, I And that's something I, I, I find, if I love the song, it, it's hard for me not to love any version of it. You know, just what popped in my head right now was most of the time the version that ended up on uh, Oh Mercy versus the the bootleg, which is you know a, a, a guitar song versus completely you know, different, a, yeah. And, and, but I love I love them both, and maybe different uh, different different ways. Um, the lyrics thing, something I I hadn't noticed. Not only is it yeah, there's some different verses in there, and I I'm honestly I can't remember now if it's on the piano demo version or the full version, but he changes it from somebody got murdered. Well, I guess he he probably changed it from this to to what it became, but it, it's. Somebody got murdered on New Year's Eve. Somebody said dignity was the last to leave. Mm-hmm. First, was the first to leave. So I, I was I was sitting there this morning, like God, what is that? What, like, does that change the meaning of the song? Yeah, I'm not <laughs> yeah. Really sure, but but that's the direct opposite of what it was. So uh, yeah, just Bob sort of uh, who knows with some uh, different wordplay. I mean, the guy keeps the guy keeps working. You know, he doesn't uh, he yeah. doesn't half-ass it. Yeah, I mean the the alternate version. Uh, now, I found lyrics of the alternate version. Now, whether these are exactly right, I don't know, because I don't I don't think there is any sort of official transcription of this alternate version because this this is the one that was left behind. But I did want to mention a couple of the, uh, the alternate takes, uh, alternate lyrics here. Um, the version that, that that has that great sort of sound to it, the, the loping kind of da-dum-da-dum sound, has got, he says, fat man looking at a Ferris wheel, young man looking at his last meal, hollow man looking at a cotton field, and he goes, all right, that's all the same. But then he goes through, dignity is a woman that knows. Dignity moves like a tropical wind that blows into the cities, into the town, into the land of the midnight sun. Uh, and he says, uh, uh, Don Juan was talking to Don Miguel, standing outside the gates of hell. There ain't nothing to say, ain't nothing to tell about dignity. Dignity is a woman unspoiled by fame and greed and snakes that are coiled. In the damp wood on the river's edge near the green, green grass of home. I love that. I love that Dylan works in another song, in, inside yeah, of his own yeah. song. Pull into the platform, step off the train. Walk 30 steps, it begins to rain. I'm asking somebody with water on his brain 
have you seen dignity? Cities in a mess of jackhammer beats. Buses roll by with burned out seats. A child's eyes looking through the creeping streets for dignity. That one, oh my lord. Cities in a mess of jackhammer beats. Buses roll by with burned out seats. Jiminy Christmas. I'm like, that's such an amazing collection of words. It has, to me, paints such a picture of buses rolling by with burned out seats. Dear God, like, how did that not stay in the song? I mean, honest, anytime, like, I haven't heard that until you just said it. And and I always end up having the same thought, which is, you know, he, there's no, there's notebooks filled or, or entire songs or albums worth sitting somewhere in a room in, in Minnesota or Uh, or Malibu that hopefully we'll get to hear someday. It's just unbelievable. That, that stuff is just unbelievable. And he goes on, he says, Dignity is a woman that's light. She don't tease. She don't travel at night. Dignity is a woman that bleeds like a hot Egyptian sun. And then he moves on. Uh, somebody, someone showed me a picture, and I just laughed. Dignity never been photographed. Dignity got no starting point, no beginning, no middle, no end. Looking at a glass that's half filled. Looking at a dream that's just been killed. Asking everybody that's strong-willed, have you seen Dignity? I'm just, I'm just like, you know... I've been a Dylan fan for uh, 30 years now, and I always feel like that I have a full appreciation of his genius. You know, I feel like I have a handle on it. You know, like right, I get right. it. And then every so often something comes up and I go, no, I still don't have a full <laughs> handle on the scope of this, of, of how anyone could write lines like looking at a glass that's half held, looking at a dream that's just been killed. And then you're like, nah, that doesn't. No, I'm gonna just leave that behind. <laughs> I, I just... It's uh, it, it, it's yeah. What is it? The gift that keeps on giving. Oh, it's like unreal. I was interested unreal. in um, I was uh, I I read Chronicles the the, the volume one a, a while ago, but I'd forgotten this. Um, that you know, I know he, I remember he talked a lot about mercy, but but he mentions in there, or I read somewhere that you know they tried to. They tried another. They tried to something about a disastrous recording session where they're trying to do like a Zydeco version of this song or something like that. <laughs> I'd, I'd be interested. I'd be very interested to hear what the failed version is like because it just. I, yeah, it's it's wild to me to think that a song like this that's that good could ever come out horribly. But I suppose uh, I suppose it could. Or, or, you know, horribly. it's 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 got to work for him or, or or don't work. But I mean, good Lord. I mean, to me, yeah. either one of these versions works. I mean, yes, I agree that neither one of them fits on Oh Mercy in terms of the sound. But yeah. still, I mean, I mean, look, Dylan has returned to other songs for albums later on. I mean, Mississippi right. was originally done for Time Out of Mind, and then it showed up on Love and Theft. Right. To me, right. Dig- Dignity yeah. could have appeared on Modern Times. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Know, now, of it's, course, it was yeah. already on Greatest Hits by that point. But nevertheless, I, I just, I don't know. I just get so frustrated that it's kind of buried on a Greatest Hits record that probably right. most people didn't buy. You know? that, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Like the one thing I will say out of the the version that uh, it's, I found it on Spotify on something called Sidetracks. I read that it was on the Touched by an Angel soundtrack. I'm not sure if that was a movie or TV show. I don't TV know what show, that, yeah, TV show. But, but the it's interesting. That is the same vocal, but I the, the one advantage of that version, which you know, it's so similar, I guess, because the same vocal. That you know, I don't know if I'll ever come back to that one like I would the bootleg one. But I will say, because the guitar and maybe the keyboard, maybe all of that's a little less, is that you can, you can focus on the lyrics, or at least I found myself. You know what I mean? The, mm-hmm. the lyrics sort of take on a little bit more prominence there. That's probably the one. I so I enjoyed listening to it, just thinking about the lyrics of the song. But uh, yeah, kind of weird to have a, a version that's kind of that similar out there as well. Yeah. Although, yeah. Yeah, the, the, I'm with you though. The the volume three version. That's the that's the one. Uh, that's the definitive one that I go back to for sure. Yeah, and in the one attempt at uh, Dylan to sort of occasionally uh, nod his head in the direction of being a commercial artist, he uh, played this live for the first time at the MTV Unplugged show, and a version of this appears on the MTV Unplugged album. So I mean, it was it was a song that was sort of out at the moment and i guess that was part of the reason that it made it into the mtv unplugged i i can only imagine that you know somebody at sony leaned on him a little and right. was like could you please just play dignity it's we're, we're trying to get it on the radio could you at least play it and i guess he was sort of like all right i'll do it i mean 
he he quickly sort of dismissed the MTV Unplugged concert right after it came out. He he referred to it as feel like he was doing something that somebody was was expected of him, and the fact that he's wearing sunglasses through the whole thing seems to sort of. Uh, to me, let, you know, lets everybody know what he thought about the recording of it or whatever. But nevertheless, I like the version on MTV Unplugged. I, I don't think it's as good as either one of the studio versions, but I like it. I, I actually think it works pretty well. Oh, I like I, I I like it a lot actually. I, I don't know if I like it as much, but um, uh, it, it's sort of a it, it kind of builds in a way. I don't know if that's the right. I, I'm not a musician, but it, it's sort of the energy. Sort of as each verse goes by, it just sort of builds up and up. I think he. You know, it's interesting. I didn't know what you were just talking about in terms of his dismissiveness of MTV Unplugged, but it felt like at least on that song, he was kind of into it, at least to me. Like he sort of, uh, you know, he, he sort of does the Bob Dylan thing with drawing out some of the phrases on mm-hmm. there in a way that I, I, I love that he I love that he does, mainly because I think, it, I don't know, part of me thinks he's, you know, making fun of people who always make fun of him for the, doing that because I, I love when he'll, he'll sort of take a phrase and, and really... Uh, uh, sort of string it out, but yeah, that um, I haven't gone back to that whole album, but I, I go back to that that song on the uh, uh, on that album uh, quite, quite a bit. Yeah. There's a lot of great stuff there. I mean, in fact, the the bootleg version that exists of the MTV Unplugged concert is to me startling. There's there's a rollic. We'll, we'll have to cover that that whole album on the on a, on the show at some point. But there's our the, there's a rollicking version of Absolutely Sweet Marie that he did there, which is just terrific. And then a version of Tonight I'll Be Staying Here With You, which is one of my top five favorite Dylan songs. So there's a lot of great stuff there. I, I get to say, I mean, I'm not saying that he was half-assing it. I think he was I think he was doing the best he could in the moment, but it seemed like he soured on it very quickly. Like as soon as it was over almost, he was like, eh, I wish I hadn't done it. He just seemed very kind of forget it you know just he just put it behind him and then that was the end of that which is too bad because again i think there's a lot of great stuff at the mtv unplugged concert and that was probably literally the last time bob dylan ever appeared on mtv you know right. <laughs> right. probably i don't think it's you know i don't even know if they play music anymore and they certainly don't play bob dylan so um i i think that's a terrific concert and so i like that version of dignity although i will say again he sometimes in a george lucasian manner can't stop tinkering because in, in the version on MTV Unplugged, when he gets to the part about um, I'm on the rolling river in a jerkin boat, he changes the line trying to read a note somebody wrote to trying to read a letter to me somebody wrote. And I always wonder why he did that because he loses that extra rhyme. I always wonder why he bothered with that. Makes the line. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's but it, it's still pretty good. And, you know, going back and, and looking at this, when I went to the com, he's actually performed this live a lot more than I thought he had. He's done this 53 times. That's way more than I thought. I thought he kind of did it during the MTV Unplugged shows and then a little bit after and then just forgot about it. But no, he played it from 94 through 95 and then he picked it up again in 2000, played it all that year, uh, 2001, 2002, 2003, and then all the way up until 2005, he played it last in, oh, no, I'm sorry, 2000, well, 2009, yeah. and then he played it in 2012 for sort of a one-off, and that was the last time he's done it, and that was six years ago. But that's 53 times is still way more than I thought that he ever did it. Yeah, same. I was I was shocked at that because it does seem, to, to your point, uh, like a forgotten gem uh, yep. among fans uh, and, and maybe even uh, among him. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was, that was interesting to, uh, to see that. I too. would, I would kill to hear him do this again. I would just absolutely love it. And, uh, but I mean, imagine it's, you know, it's probably a real word salad in his head to keep straight. I mean, I don't know how he manages to keep all those songs in his head anyway. He must have one of the greatest steel trap memories of, in, in humanity. But I mean, I guess he just got tired of trying to figure out all these words. And so he's, he's left it behind, which is too bad, but we have the multiple versions. I'll play a bunch of them at the end of the show. I, again, I this is a song I just never tire of it. I just never. It, to me, that's just it's so compelling. It's so interesting. It's so mercurial, and it just it it invites so much analysis and so much of like, what does that mean? What could that mean? That I just to me it just it ages so well. It just ages with me, and different parts mean different things to me as I, as I get older. I just. I just love it. Like I said, you said you might even put on your more than your top twenty. I think I probably would too. I, if I if I had to make some grand list of like my top ten favorite Dylan songs, this this probably might be just outside that because it's just. It's I, funny. I wonder. 
I, I, I guess you could probably do this, but if I, if I made a list of my top 10 Dylan, but then I made a separate list of the top 10 that I've most, that I've most listened to mm. over and over again, I'm sure this is on the latter list. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, that says something. Hey, I wonder, Rob, it, it feels like we'd be remiss to sail the full picture of this without at least mentioning, and I'm not an expert or, or maybe you know more than me, but there was a plagiarism suit filed by somebody against Bob over this song that was again, I guess at some point, you know, dismissed without merit. I don't have any more details than that other than what I, little bit I read, read online. Um, but I there was, yeah. I, I hadn't heard that. I didn't know that. Yeah. I know that he's gotten dinged for some other things, but I never heard that. I, I never heard that in relation to this song. That's interesting. Yeah, it's on the it's on the bottom of the Wikipedia page. It just gets a mention, and then I found some other some other stuff. Again, the suit was dismissed, but there was there was some artist out there who I think also was no one I'd heard of who also was with uh, Columbia at some point. Um, so yeah, just just I don't know an interesting little footnote of this of this song. Well, I mean, Lord knows, you know, he has lifted things from different songs here and there, and you there people different people feel differently about. You know, is that the folk process? Is that just right? Is it just love and theft to borrow a phrase? Uh, you know, who knows? Yeah. I mean, I I I tend to feel like. You know, look, if the guy, the guy's been writing songs for 50 years, he's written some of the greatest songs ever. If he's lifted something, maybe he has. And is that the worst thing in the world? Maybe. No, I, you know, I don't know. I, I just, I don't want to defend him just because I'm a fan and therefore what he does is okay. If he's really lifted something that he really shouldn't be lifting, then, then you should pay the price. I mean, you know, you have to pay for sampling people's music. You can't just do it willy nilly, but, um, I also tend to just kind of say, I, I don't know, the guy's got so much input. Do things end up in his head that he might not even realize right. yeah, that yeah, he's taken yeah. from? That's entirely possible, too. I'm so, with you. Yeah, yeah. totally I mean, with it's, you. It's not, uh, it's not Vanilla Ice stealing the backing track for Ice Ice Baby or anything. You know, come on. Um, <laughs> That's, uh, you've ever heard him defend that backing track, too, and how, how it actually is different than... Uh... <laughs> oh, that's oh, it's, it's, that's genius. The, no, man, mine goes D, 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 and theirs goes D, D, Right, that's right, exactly. Yeah. It's got an extra D in the middle. That was a guy looking for dignity at that point. So so I said I could talk about dignity more and more. I could get more and more into it, but I don't want to, like, I don't know. I'm just probably just repeating myself at this point. Like I said, I am so thrilled. First, that you reached out to me, Jeff. I appreciate it. I love getting to talk to new people about Bob Dylan. It's my favorite thing. And I just love that you mentioned this song because this is just, I got so jazzed to talk about this one. I just, if anyone who's, I don't think anybody possibly listens to the show doesn't know the song, but dig up any of the versions and you will not be disappointed. This is just one of his great lost works. Yeah. Uh, I, and, uh, yeah, I totally agree. And again, this is probably preaching to the choir, but I will tell you that, that Greatest Hits Volume 3 album really changed, I mean, along with this song, like, there was such a massive variety of styles on that oh, album. Oh, unbelievable. And, and, you know, sort of a whole period of him that I'd not heard before, and it, it turned me, you know, it sort of became, that's when I became, I think, an actual Dylan fan and not, not whatever I was before. Oh, it's an amazing uh, sampler for anyone who would suggest that he's a 60s act. Right, you give right. him that record, and you say not not one of these songs is from the '60s. Not That's one. Right. Tangled up in blue, knocking up, knocking on heaven's door, changing the guards, forever young, Joker man, dignity, series of dreams, Brownsville girl. I mean, come on. <laughs> I kind of. It's funny. I was. Gonna, I'm not. I don't want to ramble on too much, but I I find myself. I listen way more probably to the '70s, '80s, '90s stuff than the '60s. I don't know if that's because I listened to that stuff a lot more when I was younger. Um, but I was curious if you're in the same boat too. I like it, again. I, I just I've sampled the podcast, maybe listened to twenty of them. But it, it seemed like oh, until recently, right? I know you, you just did from View of Six and then a couple other. Yeah, uh, we had a couple of '60s ones lately. Last yeah, couple, yeah. yeah. But I was curious if you're if you're evenly spread as a fan, or if you if you veer towards uh, one decade. Or uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I def. Hmm, that's a good question. I I make a lot of mix mixes of on right. via iTunes, and then I I. Uh, listen to them on the way to work or whatever. So I I think I tend to go all over the place. I probably lean more towards the later stuff lately just because I haven't heard it as much, even even though, you know, uh, I'm 
you know, I'm in control of the playlist. I've heard Rolling Stone so many times. I've heard right. Just Like a right. Woman so many times that I've heard, you know, this sort of. So I probably lean towards some some more obscure stuff just because I don't. It's just not something that I, I hear as much. But, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I look at Greatest Hits Volume 3 and I say this is just, this is a work of genius. And the fact that right. this is Greatest Hits Volume 3 tells right. you how many great songs this guy has done i mean it's just it's just staggering so uh but yeah this is is amazing amazing stuff and i said i'm i'm glad whoever i would love to know i've never i've read some interviews with brendan o'brien i have i don't remember uh, reading anything about who came up with this like somebody went to bob and said hey bob why don't we take one of the O'Mercy songs and you know polish it up and put it on greatest hits i don't know i would like to have that conversation with bob yeah how do, you, how do you have that you know yeah, um so, yeah, I don't know how it, how it worked out, but I'm glad it did because, again, it's it's just an amazing, amazing song. So, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on and to talk about this. It's just I'm just so excited. As anybody could tell, I'm bursting at the seams. Just so happy to talk about Dignity. So, again, thank you for reaching out. It was a real pleasure. I loved it. Uh, thanks for all that you're doing. Um, it's a great show, and, uh, and I look forward to hearing more in the future. Thank you. I appreciate it. And we'll definitely be having you back on because you listed a bunch of other great songs. There's a, I love dignity, but you had a bunch of other great choices, of course. In, we'll, in we'll, 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 break, we'll break down Ice Ice Baby and Under Pressure. <laughs> That's right. There we go. Uh, well, again, thanks, everybody, for listening. Of course, you can find the back episodes of the show over on the website, which is uh, fireandwaterpodcast.com. And we're always talking Bob Dylan over on Twitter, which is uh, at pod underscore Dylan. And I just want to mention, I, I've, I haven't mentioned in the last couple episodes, and I should, a couple of weeks ago um, – we released a Fire and Water Network sampler, uh, which is a long show. It's over four hours long because <laughs> it's got features, clips from all the different shows on the network. And on that sampler is an original piece of Pod Dylan where uh, me and a former guest of the show, Zoom Yukinori, who hosts the Dunham One Wonder show on the network, uh, did a segment on uh, did a Pod Dylan segment on the sampler, and that was on the Ventures of Zimmerman comic book that appeared in National Lampoon, which was a parody of Bob Dylan drawn by Neil Adams. So it's something that I always wanted to get to, but I couldn't necessarily see myself devoting a whole Pod Dylan to it. So if you want to hear that little bit of uh, Bob Dylan Arcana, uh, dig up the, uh, the the Fire and Water Network sampler, and you get to hear it there. So uh, I should have been plugging that earlier, and I have not. So anyway, thanks everybody for listening. Until the next episode, uh, take it easy. Bye. Fat man looking in a blade of steel. Thin man looking at his last meal. Hollow man looking in a cotton field. Fat dignity. Wise man looking in a blade of grass Young man looking in the shadows that pass Poor man looking through painted glass For dignity Somebody got murdered on New Year's Eve Somebody said dignity was the first to leave I went into the city, went into the town Went to the land of the midnight sun Searching high, searching low Searching everywhere I know Asking the cops wherever I go Have you seen dignity? Sister voice he is in a crowded room, but a covered up news. Looking for the lost, forgotten years for dignity. Don Juan was talking to Don Miguel, standing outside of the gates of hell. They had nothing to say, they had nothing to tell about dignity. Dignity is a woman that's fine. My favorite greetings makes that a good. In the damp woods, on the river's edge, near the green, green grass of hope. Pull into the platform, step off the trail. 
Sometimes I wonder what it's gonna take to find dignity. 